Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the social index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. Welcome to Marketing Today. I'm your host, Alan Hart, managing partner of Atomic, combining brand science and creative fire. Today on the show, I have Rand Harbert, CMO of State Farm. Today we talk about new positioning, help life go right, which is a shift towards the more positive side of what insurance can do for you, as well as State Farm's other financial services products. Talk about innovation within the insurance category, not something you're used to hearing, as well as Rand's three takeaways from Davos, the World Economic Forum. Well, Rand, welcome to the show. Thank you, Alan. It's really nice to be a part of your program. Thank you. Thank you. So State Farm is recently going through a repositioning and, um, you know, transitioning from kind of a fear or, or fear of loss, which is kind of a traditional insurance message to a more positive focus message, specifically with the tagline, help life go right. I had recently on the podcast, Russ Finlay from Hiscox Small Business Insurance. And funny enough, they've done the same thing. They're, uh, focused around encourage courage. So I'm, I'm curious, what's driving that change at State Farm with Help Life Go Right? Well, a couple things. First of all, I think, you know, most of the category is focused on uh, insurance in the way we think of it, which is if something goes wrong, the insurance organization is there to, to back it. And certainly uh, that's a big part of what we do here. But in June, we decided to really change the narrative in the category and double down on what we believe is our true differentiator. And that is relationships with our customers. Uh, we launched a new platform, a new brand platform that capitalizes on what we're thinking about is, is, is really helping 
customers and helping their lives go right, as you said earlier. I think I think this helping life go right is also something that helps consumers see us in a new way, which is really what we wanted as a brand that is not only there in, in life's moments that, that go wrong, but there to really help life go right. And when we focused on who we really are and why we do what we do, it became clear that we didn't need to reinvent who we are, but we did need to reinvent how people see us. And, and that's what this campaign is really all about. And they're really this more than, than campaign this brand refresh is all about. And that is to help customers see us uh, not just as a reactive brand that's there to do what you think of in traditional insurance, but as a proactive force, really to help them uh, put their life in a direction that, that, they, that they want it to go and that they, they hope for. We all have hopes and, and we want to be a, that part of the equation as well. Right. So is the positioning, is, is that transition and transformation, you know, is that driving inside the business as well? How's that work? Yeah, I think, you know, as, as far as the positioning, uh, I think it, it's, it's really changing, not, not the way we do things around here, but I think the way we think and the way we think around here for the past 94 years. You know, the, the brand, as I said earlier, has primarily been known as a property and casualty brand and a, a brand that uh, is, is, is basically an auto insurance and home insurance organization. And, and we're so much more than that. Uh, we have a large financial services organization. We're the largest writer of individual life insurance policies in America. And, and we really do a lot around the financial services part of the business. And a part of this is, is, is telling that story while not leaving who we are and, and, and who we've been for the last 94 years. So I'm curious, how, um, how does you know, that switch or that change in how you think, how is that influencing how you talk to your customers um, or even maybe how you think about prospect segments and, and targeting those folks? Yeah. yeah, that's a great question. I think I'll start with in there on the targeted piece. And, and I think the way it's changed there is, we are, you know, if you think about mass marketing, the way that we and other big organizations have really focused on in the past, uh, I think we're trying to get far more targeted. We're trying to super target certain segments. And, and by doing that, we can personalize messaging. And so this is allowing us to, to share a personalized message with a customer or a potential customer that matches with the, the kind of the mass message that they're hearing uh, and, and just trying to be far more one-to-one -one as it relates to how we deal and talk to our customers. And then I think being present in places that are relevant to our key customers and being there around the things that they have passion about is, is something that we're really trying to do with our messaging today. And I think that's we're really doubling down on that as we think about this, this new uh, branding campaign, uh, seeking to find ways to truly help people in moments other when they traditionally think of an insurance company in the claim time and, and to be there and be viewed as a value brand. And then I think the last thing I'd say is we're about creating a personal, valuable relationship regardless of how customers interact with us. Again, across all the platforms, whether that's through our agent's office, mobile, call center, desktop, we, we want to be there uh, when they need us and we want to be there with this broader message. So it's it's been more of an internal change and how we really make what we're saying come to life. And we want customers to feel that when we're talking to them. Is that, you know, as a follow-up, is that broader message? Is that, I mean, that, it sounds like it's in line with the, 
the business strategy of expanding your service offering beyond insurance to the financial products, et cetera. Yeah, good point. And that's absolutely correct. Um, we, we really believe that we had to have a message with more breadth if we wanted consumers to see us as anything other than really what we told them that we've been for most of our history. So it absolutely aligns with the broad strategy of being an insurance and a financial services organization. Now, I came across you because you were named as one of the top 50 most innovative CMOs by Business Insider. And so that's a quite lofty uh, list of folks that were on that list with you. I'm curious, what is what is being you know named on a list like that mean to you? Well, it, you know, it was a great honor and more than a great honor. It was a great surprise, uh, a surprise to be on that list. But anyone that's listening to this, that's particularly that's worked in a big organization knows that nothing like this happens generally because uh, someone at the top of the organization has a bright idea. Uh, it happens because a lot of people do their jobs and do their jobs really well on a daily basis. And that's certainly the case with me. I have a, a great team here, and I'm not saying it because it's the right thing to say, but the team really deserves uh, all the credit along with all the great people in the agencies that we work with who really took uh, an idea, you know, germinated an idea and then, and then made the idea what it is that, that, that you're seeing and that the rest of the public sees today. So it, it was a great honor, but uh, you know, what the, the best part about it is, is I don't see that as, as Rand Harbor being acknowledged at all. I see that as State Farm being acknowledged and the brand being recognized. So I love it that a 94-year-old old line brand is being recognized. If you looked at that list with a lot of companies that have been in existence for under 15 years because they're doing something new and innovative. So to, to be uh, listed as an innovative CMO in an old line insurance company is, uh, is really a great honor and kind of cool. I agree. I agree. Now, the insurance category is really not the first one I think of when I think about innovation. I have to be honest. What happened to get us here? And uh, and and you know, maybe even more specifically, I know digital has to be playing a role, but but how are agents playing a role in that as well? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think you're right. And I think what you just said is the way most people view the category. I think insurance itself is is an absolute legacy category. While while it's become a very intense category as it relates to competitive position, I think what happened was the internet. And if you look at all the major different industry categories, particularly in the United States, I would argue in many cases insurance is one of the last to be disrupted. But with the really invention of the internet and, and then the ability for people to really do commerce on the internet, crazy disruption happened in the category, and particularly in the auto category you know, where $6 billion is being spent today to commoditize a product that's really not seen a ton of innovation over the years. So I think that's what happened to the category and, and, and what's made it so competitive. With that said, I think as a category and as a product, we're far, far better. And, and what's happened is because the, it's so competitive in the category is I think uh, the consumer is the ultimate winner because, you know, you have a lot of brands that are doing a lot. They're doing a lot in, you know, mileage-based information and, and really using data 
that that ultimately I think serves the customer best. So it's 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 not the category that to your point that I think people see as innovative, yet in, in the back of this traditional category, there is a lot of innovation that's happening and it's being made possible by technology. Now, one of the tactics that you guys, I mean, if you watch Saturdays or Sundays sports, you're going to see State Farm and you see it everywhere. You know, sports is marketing is big for you guys. Why sports? It's a great question. We get this question a lot. And I, I think we like sports for the same reason. A, a lot of categories, a lot of O-line companies like sports. But we like sports because sports is really the last television category that hasn't been disrupted by the modern DVR and the ability for people to, to you know, skip messaging that companies pay an awful lot of money for consumers to see and to learn from. So the reason we like sports is sports is still viewed live. And because it's viewed live, people pay far more attention to those segments between the first and second quarter or the second and third period uh, when when they're already very captive with what's happening on television. So we we really like sports. Not that we're not sports fans, but it's it's not about that at all. We like sports because it's still where people want to go uh, to see live TV. And, you know, which is not that it's a part of your question, but I think the whole the whole future of television and what sure looks like being a more content-driven medium is going to make this question even more interesting going forward. So how do you get the message to, to the customer, uh, not only the customer you want, but to the customer when the customer is willing to receive the message. So this this whole thing continues to evolve, but at, at uh, you know in general, that's why we like sports marketing. I thought it was even funny when you guys took it even what I would say a little bit further and did your product integration with the show Blackish, um, and there was a State Farm sponsored kids sports team. And I was like, wow, now they're even into the narrative of sponsoring sports teams on TV. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and honestly, I think, you know, we, we love the opportunity to participate in Blackish and to participate more than just an in-between sponsor. The fact that it ended up in a sports team uh, was, was kind of uh, just a coincidence. But uh, really integrating into the program and, and letting the viewer of, of that particular show uh, see the brand kind of the way they see it in the communities that they live in was really what that was all about. But uh, we, we were very pleased uh, and, and got a lot of good feedback as it relates to participating in that way. Yeah, no, it's definitely authentic to your brand for sure. Um, and that, to your point about, you know, getting, uh, finding ways to be on TV where you can still be seen today, you know, integrating into the storyline is there's no really better way to do that. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yeah, and you know, and, and we don't have, uh, you know, we, we don't have a lock on that. I mean, a, a lot of organizations have figured that out. And, you know, if you, you watch the kind of organizations, particularly big organizations that, that you see on the weekends, um, it's why I think you see a lot of the same organizations over and over is because they've locked up spaces there and, and they like it for the same reason we do. So it's just, it's just the way it is today. The question is, is, is that the way it'll be in three years, five years and 10 years? And, and my gut tells me probably not. It will continue to evolve and we'll be about evolving our message with how the median plays out. Now you recently, um, you told me you were at, Davos at the World Economic Forum, and um, I'm I'm curious as a as a marketer and a leader inside of a large financial services company, you know, what what did you take away from that experience, and why was it important for you to go? Yeah, so again, I'll start with the last part of your question. You know, da- Davos, uh, there's 2,500 delegates, and uh, we're fortunate here to to be a delegate. So in effect, means that we have a slot. And um, like most organizations, our CEO participates in that conference on an annual basis and wasn't able to go this year. So uh, he asked me if I would be interested in someone who's always kind of followed, particularly during the week that it's on. Um, It was just such a a great opportunity. So that's kind of why I went. You know, will, will I ever have the opportunity to go again? I don't know. It's it's. I'm certainly not the the uh, regular person that would attend, but that's that's why I was there this year. You know, I could I could take up hours. Literally, I had 27 pages of notes um, <laughs> as I left Davos, and I just had the opportunity to to share it with uh, the senior leadership team at State Farm. I, I think though, if I had to to sum up Davos this year in in, in kind of three ways, I would do it this way. Uh, first and foremost, I think the trending topic from the time I arrived in Davos until the conference was over um, was President Trump. And, and if, if you think about the Davos crowd, it's, it's a more international crowd than U.S. crowd. And I think the question being is, you know, uh, how is President Trump going to govern as it relates to uh, the rest of the world? I'm not a political guy, so I'll leave that one alone. But as you can imagine, that topic was very big on the minds. And and rarely in a session, no matter what the topic of the sessions were, rarely in a session did, you know, the this change in the United States not come up. So that was, that was a big topic. 
Um, and I, th- I think that's probably an unusual thing. What wasn't unusual, um, the, the other two topics, you know, with literally thousands of different things that you could participate in, it felt to me like every single group or one-on-one meeting that I had really touched around digital and data. And even if the the, the meeting topics weren't digital and data, we would quickly get the digital and data and the great, great impact, uh, not only that they're having on uh, our world, I was going to say business, but really on our entire world today, but the exponential impact that we're going to feel uh, with technology uh, in the in the coming years. And in the coming years, I think, uh, for the rest of our lifetime, it's going to feel like just one continuous change. Of course, I was uh, most interested in digital data from the position I hold here and, and really not so much even as just being in the CMO, but really, you know, being a part of the C-suite and being on a team in, in a data-oriented business. Uh, so I, 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 digital data uh, was just tremendous. The other thing is that, that Davos focused a lot on was really the, what I'd call the clean energy revolution. And the good that as leaders in this world, we need to be about and we need to be about supporting as it relates to making sure that, you know, uh, our, our planet is in, in good shape uh, as our generation passes and, and, and that business is doing their role in making sure that happens. So I, I didn't go there thinking I would uh, be a part of uh, clean energy groups, but I ended up having a couple opportunities to to spend time and really dive in and learn. So and, 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 and so the, the environment and the care for the environment and the debate that goes on the environment, all very interesting. But those are probably the three takeaways from my perspective. Great, great. Well, now stepping back from business and, and Davos and World Economic Forums, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about RAND, if that's okay. And, sure. You know, what, what fuels you? What drives you? Yeah, I, I see number one uh, for me is I want to be a part of an uh, organization that has a mission that I, I can really believe in. And I, I believe, uh, you know, insurance as a category, as a segment, is a, is a really noble place uh, to, to live and work. And so, you know, I, I, I think for me, I have to be a part of something that I believe is relevant and something that's really about doing doing good and um in in my career i've kind of been in different organizations but none have i been in that i really felt like not only what we were trying to accomplish was important and relevant but but really doing good and that's you know if if, i think if you talk to my friends they would tell you that's 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 why uh, i really love State Farm and why I love the position I have at State Farm is because I, I think I get to be a part of something that, that is important, is doing relevant stuff for the world. I think the other thing as it relates to me personally is uh, I'm a team person, people person, but I'm a team person. Uh, I want to be on uh, with a group of people that's worked on something that's bigger than any individual in the room or you know, bigger than self, certainly. So probably those two things, that's the things that drive me. And then, then last but not least, on a, on a personal basis, uh, is, is family. I'm a, a part of a tight-knit uh, family, a tight-knit extended family, and that's a really important part of my life. Now, on the, on the business side, one of the things I, I found interesting, and I believe this is true, you started out as an agent. Is that right? 
I did. Well, I started, it's, it's, I'm, I've got a really uh, unique background to, to be a CMO. I started my career at, uh, and worked with Dow Chemical and H.A. Hines and really came up through the traditional brand management side. However, along the way, uh, I finished my MBA and I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. I knew an agent who was very successful, and so uh, I started an agency in 1992. And after five years of running that agency, I came back to the management side, but but always had this heavy marketing background. So it's it's, it's very unique because the other role I have at State Farm is I have. I'm the CMO, but I'm also the CSO. I have all uh, of the agencies and sales apparatus as well. So um, it's 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 two worlds that were never intended to come together. It just it just turned out that way. But you know, I count being the five years of being an agent is as some of the richest years of my entire career, and certainly it gives me a, a very different view being in the job I'm in. Uh, every day, yet understanding what's going on at the street level and what really makes this thing called State Farm work, you know, in nearly 19,000 offices around the United States. So, um, yeah, I was an agent and uh, very proud of that past. I think that's a great background to have in your role, for sure. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is, you know, as many marketers are kind of students of what they see around them, and you know, I'm curious if there's brands or companies or even causes that you follow or think others should take notice of. Well, you know what? Um, I think the two things that I try to pay the most attention to are brands that reinvent themselves. So not surprisingly, because I'm in a very established industry and a very established company, uh, I am very intrigued by the same kind of companies, uh, not so much in my category, but in other categories who really reinvent themselves and, and really take the concept of a, of a value proposition and make it more than what it was or, or in some cases change it. So, you know, I think about a company like Target and how Target has reinvented themselves. I think that's remarkable. I think it's remarkable for a lot of reasons, but probably foremost, I know how difficult that is to do. So I, I would say one is, is the whole re organization reinventing itself. I think the other thing that I'm totally intrigued by are organizations who, who start in one space, but ultimately because of the use of technology and because of the way they use innovation, land in, in a bigger space or, or a space that may be different. So I look at some of the, the, the sports wear organizations today, like an, a Nike and, you know, and, and ask myself, are they in the sports wear business? Or are they in the, the life enhancement business when they're using technology now in their clothes that help people maximize performance, which really helps people live better lives. So are you in the better lives business or are you in the business of selling, you know, tennis shoes or sportswear? And so I think organizations that have really ultimately said, you know, this is the hand we've been dealt and this is who we are, but, but we can be more to more people by, you know, in this, in that example, using technology to, to get there. I really think companies like that are uh, interesting to follow. So those are kind of the two spaces that I'm interested in. And again, those are two spaces that, and two concepts that I want to be a part of helping State Farm achieve as well. Last question, what do you predict for the future of marketing? Well, I think, first of all, based on a lot of the things I shared today, uh, it, it is going to be more dynamic 
and far more personalized going forward. I think the customer that we thought we knew what one-to-one meant 20 years ago, we're getting ready to really understand what not only targeting, but super targeting looks like. It's no longer going to be about just personalized messaging or product transactions. It'll be so much more and, and feel, I think, so much more personal in the years ahead. And I also think the additional opportunity lies in how organizations create dynamic and truly personalized experiences with the brand. You know, I use the brand as one thing, but I have experiences with the brand is where the brand really starts to become even more important to customers. And I think with things like virtual reality, uh, which was a big topic in Davos, coming into uh, marketing toolboxes and and in five years, it will be commonplace. The opportunities are are probably endless. And and so those are the two things that that really come to mind when I think about uh, the person who's going to have my job in 10 years and what they're thinking about on a daily basis. Great. Well, one one person you should check out in the virtual reality space in particular, somebody I've had on the show, um, Molly Swenson from Riot, which HuffPost acquired them, but they're doing some interesting stuff with brands as well. I, I will certainly do that. Well, Rand, thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Alan, thank you for having me and uh, thank you for doing the good work you do. I, I appreciate you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.